0: Hi, I'm Lee Cowan, and this is Sunday Morning Extra, a podcast featuring a memorable story from our latest show. It's a conversation that offers insight beyond the broadcast. On this episode, Eddie Murphy. The comic actor spent decades in the spotlight starting in the 1980s when he was a breakout star on Saturday Night Live. He went on to success on the big screen with 48 Hours, Beverly Hills Cop, coming to America and his reimagining of the nutty professor. But in recent years, Murphy has kept a pretty low profile. That is, until now. With the release of Dolomite Is My Name, a film for Netflix that started out small, but it is getting a lot of attention. Our Tracy Smith sat down to hear why this film has brought Eddie Murphy back into the
1: spotlight. So let's talk Dolomite. <laughs> this movie has been getting rave reviews. Do you read reviews?
0: No, I don't read the reviews but I've heard you know I hear about the reviews
1: you, people tell you yeah
0: well you kind of you kind of can tell what's going on just just walking around you can tell if it's good or bad
1: and it's pretty darn it's been good
0: pretty well received from, from what I can see or from what I've heard <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let me read you some of the things pure joy. Eddie Murphy brings down the house. It's a triumph. Eddie Murphy gives a killer comeback performance. Is it a comeback?
0: Oh, uh, comeback. I guess, you know, they, they like to say comeback. I don't know. I look at the big picture. I started working when I was doing comedy. When I was 15, and I've been working since then, and so I kind of like...
1: It's not peaks and valleys for you. No, it's they, there steady... are,
0: peak, are peaks and valleys. There are peaks and valleys, especially, especially if you're doing anything over, you know... I've been making movies almost 40 years now, so you're gonna have peaks and valleys and hot and cold periods. But uh, I never look of it as comeback because I've always I'm still, I'm here. You know, I'm all, I've always been here. Even if I'm not on the movie set for a couple of years, the way the world is wired now, even if you wanted to to leave, you can't. Your image is everywhere. It's between the movie channels and the. Social media and 40 years of work is constantly being shown somewhere all the time, so you can't really leave sometime come back. Let's make it easier. Yes, it's my comeback. (laughs) Yes, it's my big comeback. Every 10 years or so, I launch a big comeback. I've been doing that for the last 40 years. Every 10 years, I come back. It's
1: a successful formula. Uh, This movie is funny, but it also is tender and heartbreaking and inspiring. Yes,
0: it's the sweetest mother movie ever. <laughs> That's is. right, it, it is. Because <laughs> there's a lot of language in it because of the world that we're in, but it's uh, really sweet. It's a really sweet movie.
1: What did you tap into to find that that tenderness that he has?
0: Well, we just told his story. That's part of his story. That was one of the things that you know made it made us think this was a good movie because. Uh, he's a human being, he's not, he's not Dolomite, that's a character that he made, and he's a human being, you know, so he's got all the stuff that everybody has.
1: And so it was easy to find that?
0: Kind well, of a- just telling the story, you know, you, it came out. There's a lot of stuff that came out as we went along, like we didn't realize uh, how sweet the relationship with him and Queen Bee would be until Divine came in and, and read and we that's when we saw what the possibilities from her audition. So a lot of it came together as we went along.
1: For you, ultimately, what's the message? To
0: believe in yourself. That Rudy Ray Moore, what his great talent was, was uh, he believed in himself. That's the one thing that we lose when we be trying to get something going. If it don't come together quick, you kind of give up on it and try something else. So that's what we spend your whole life trying, starting and finishing something, never really finishing anything. And Rudy Ray Moore... He exemplifies, you know, the whole. The whole he has follow through, and he believes in himself. With the least amount, like he's not great looking, and he's not the most talented, and his movies are made really crude, and he's got no permits, and he's shooting on the street, and he's making his album in his living room, and on paper, it's not supposed to work, you know, and he believes in it, and that's the most important ingredient in anything in life. I know it sounds cliché, but that's real. But it's like, true. The you whole, know, see it, you can see it, it can be it, and all that shit. That's real. Did you always believe in yourself? Yeah, you know, I remember when I was about 13, 14, I started talking about show business and really, like, dates, I'd be like, oh, when I'm this age, I'm going to be on this, and when I'm that age, I'm going to... And I really believed it when I was a kid.
1: And did it happen that yeah, way? Yeah,
0: everything happened just like I said it would when I was a little. I started saying when I was around 13, 14, I was going, "When I'm I'm going to get famous when I'm 18. And uh, everybody was like, what the are you talking about? <laughs> and I got I auditioned for SNL when I was 18. When
1: you were 18. Yeah. I mean, that's what's, it's amazing because you were doing stand-up as a teenager and then on SNL as a teenager. And not just on SNL. I mean, you carried the show. A lot of people say that you save the show from being canceled. Oh, that sounds so nice.
0: (laughs) No, but actually actually what happened was they were gonna cancel the show, and uh, they were right on the edge. If I would've would've left the show a season earlier, they would've canceled the show, and I I stayed. So
1: you saved the show from being canceled. I guess, kinda. (laughs) When, When you look back at that, I mean, you were so young. Yeah. Did you feel the weight of that as, you know, a 19-year-old? No, you know,
0: when when you're a kid and things kind of come together really quick, and even if they don't come together quick, when you're young, you take everything for granted. Like, I was like, okay, you know, it's supposed to work out like this, you know. So now when I look back on a lot of stuff, I'd be like, wow, that was extraordinary. Or, wow, that was a trip to be in that situation, that age. And now I see it. But back then, you just kind of was going along with it.
1: You're right in the middle of it. Right in
0: the middle of it, so you couldn't see if something extraordinary was happening. Well, you didn't realize it at the moment.
1: Let's talk about Delirious. There are so many great bits from that. I mean, talk about something that stands up, the ice cream man. Oh, yeah. What do you think it is about the ice cream man that just works?
0: I think it's just a relatable bit. Like, everybody's had the ice cream man in their neighborhood and got excited when the ice cream truck... I think everybody... A lot of people have had that experience, you know? So when you say something that... People, oh, yeah, I had that. It's really relatable.
1: When you watch that stuff, do you laugh? Does it? Is it still funny to you?
0: Some of it, some of it I cringe when I watch it. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> Not so much delirious, but raw. is like I'm really, like, sometimes i like, oh, that's pretty racy. Because <laughs> I was a kid, when I'm saying, tw- when I'm doing delirious, I'm 20, 22 years old. And raw, I'm 27 years old, 26 years old. So it's like a, a kid, you know, and I was really, really using some strong language.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, people, people were picketing you.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Did that bother you? No. In the moment, you kind of was like, hey, it's just, it is what it, it is what it is.
1: Does it bother you now?
0: Are they picketing me
1: now? No, but you know what I mean. Looking back, I know you said you cringe. Are you like, oh, oh no, I wish cring- I didn't say that oh, stuff?
0: Yeah, I, I've seen stuff that I go like, oh, that's, ooh, yeah. I've, you get a joke every now and then that's cringy. But that's not to say that i don't i i don't appreciate it i I still appreciate it and i'm i'm looking at it within the context of the times you know i'm going okay i'm a kid saying that
1: it's like language that you might not use now
0: no i'm not saying i i don't use uh, language now i'm saying you know when you're older it's like all of, you know what it's like, look like looking through an old photo album and, and seeing an outfit you had on when you were 20, in your 20s or a teenager, and you're like, "What the f- am I wearing?" You know. <laughs> well, I, I have that, you know, all the way you know, as a movie, you know, <laughs> and like all, all you know, crazy leather suit and all. I have all of that stuff and just moving around and talking. So yeah, you look back on a bunch of it, and just being older.
1: Anything you regret? Oh, absolutely not. No regrets. None whatsoever.
0: Nah. Now everything everything is what brings us to this moment, and this moment is bananas.
1: <laughs> you needed all those moments yeah, to get to this yeah. moment. Yeah,
0: everybody, everybody, wherever you, every, wherever you wind up and wherever you were, that you needed all of that to get to be right here. So and right here is cool.
1: Go back to the, the 80s. I mean, you dominated the box office in the 80s. It was like hit after hit after hit. What was that time like for you?
0: You take it for granted, I was really, really young. I started making 48 Hours when I was 20, and uh, everything happened really, really quick, and you just take it for granted when you're in the middle of it. And now, I look back on it and think about some of the extraordinary pe- people that I've met and unique encounters that I've had That back then that you would take for granted, That now it's like, wow, I can't believe that f- happened.
1: What did it mean to you in 2006 when you were nominated for Dreamgirls?
0: Oh, it's a wonderful thing to be nominated. That's a great thing, you know, because everybody, nobody set off, is trying to make a bad movie, you know, and, and most movies don't work. Most movies that come out don't work. Think of many times you go to a movie theater for something you were excited about seeing, and it's like, I did not even like it, you know. Most of the time you don't like the movie, and most movies are flops. And most TV shows are flops and most records are flops and most stuff doesn't work. So when you're in something that works and it works to the point to where, you know, they start, there's trophy chatter and people are saying, you know, that's a great thing because that's what everybody's trying to make a great movie. And if it's a comedy, then it's even sweeter, you know, because that's who I am. And to know that, you know, it's well received and people are laughing, that's the best, that's the
1: best. Do you let yourself listen to the awards chatter or do you try to drown that out?
0: I don't follow this stuff. I don't read, I don't read papers and magazines and any of that stuff. Why? And I just stopped
1: years ago. Why'd you stop? Uh,
0: I wish I had like a, I could say like a, a, a really deep reason or something. It's kind of like the same thing is in the paper all the time. Always, it's always the same stuff and the same things. And if you want to go and whenever you want, you can go pick up the paper and see you know who killed who and who blew up what and what countries are about to fight and what disease is out and who got this. And it's always the same stuff. And you kind of like don't really need to read the papers and know the news and all that stuff to know that that stuff is going on. You know, so I kind of like gonna stop looking at it.
1: Did that change your life? Change how you felt? No. Drowning I think that what out? happened
0: was I, 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 the way I felt changed, and then I started not looking at it. It was like, you know, I need to see this stuff. You know, every now and then now you, I, I watch. You know, just so I don't, I'm not like I'm off the grid. Every now and then, you know, I look through or read some stuff or see something. But the whole watching it every day and looking at it and all oh, and stuff. And, I've never even owned a computer, or did a Twitter, did a tweet, tweet, tweet. I've never tweeted. <laughs> I've never tweeted, and I've never had a, any of that stuff. I don't do any of it. Just And, no I, and I don't have any. Um, no one, is, I don't. I haven't friended anyone, and no one's following me, and I'm, I'm not following anyone, and and I don't. I don't know. And I don't have any likes. <laughs> is that what it is? You get likes.
1: Yes, you get likes. I don't yes. have any likes, <laughs> that I know of. Do you think that's healthier? To be that way, you know, staying away from all that stuff? Has it well, made I just, you...
0: Well, I'm just not, I'm not staying. It's made me healthier. I just don't... I never did. I, I haven't not done it because I was trying to get, be healthier. It's not practical for me, like, you know, to have a presence on social media and tweet me, tweet myself, you know, getting some new
1: sneakers or having breakfast or
0: <laughs> whatever that stuff. I, it's not practical for me.
1: It seems like you prefer to be a little more, how do I put this, I'm not enigmatic, but it does seem like you kind of pulled yourself back a little bit from the world.
0: Pulled myself back? Yeah. I don't know. I'm really, uh, I'm a homebody and a family man, and that's what's at the center, and that's where I spend most of my time and my my energy and my attention and focus and all that stuff is... In, in that. It's not like I'm pulled back. It's just, I'm more uh, self absorbed.
1: Well, or or not self absorbed, right? Yeah, it's well, like yeah, more. It's all,
0: everything. My world, it's all about my world and my family and all that. It's all about, you know. I don't have to, uh, time to tweet anything because I'm having these things, real experiences with my loved ones and friends and stuff.
1: And your favorite place is to be on the couch?
0: Yeah, or in this chair, wherever it's, you know, comfortable. <laughs> it's a nice, comfortable chair.
1: You often are sitting on the couch, like playing music.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am. yeah. Well, I, I sit on the couch a lot, and I do play guitar. So every now and then, I am sitting there strumming away. <laughs> but it's not like a, I'm off. I can be found on the couch playing guitar all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you record music, but not no releasing it to the public.
0: You know, every now and then, if if I really like something. Oh, I love that. Uh, that's one thing that I do. Uh, I watch YouTube, and I love YouTube, and I do have a couple of songs I put up on YouTube, but I have never won't release anything like with a record label and do all that stuff. But every now and then I'll have, write something that's kind of nice, and I'll put it up.
1: And you have somewhere in this house, there's like this vault of all these recordings of you with all these amazing artists of our time. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, over the years, I've been in a studio with a lot of, a lot of people, and uh, I have all different types of collaborations and stuff that, over the years, I mean, everybody, I've been in a studio with everybody. Like? Everybody, especially from the, the old, I have, a, just, I have a song, just one song that has Michael, and Garth Brooks and Julio Iglesias and In Vogue and Stevie Wonder and Patti LaBelle. On
1: one song? Elton
0: John. But stop! And Paul McCartney <laughs> and uh, uh, Bon Jovi and uh, uh, Howard Hewitt and Babyface and Heavy D and Barry White, Teddy Pendergrass.
1: On one song?
0: Luther Vandross, <laughs> yes. Yeah, just one song with all these different Janet Jackson. And is this the world ever going to hear that? I never put it out as a single. It was on one of my... Uh, albums that people never heard. I think it's up on YouTube. I think somebody found it and put pictures up so you can tell who's, whenever the person's singing, you can see their face and they put it up. It's a song called Yeah, I did years ago. But all those people are on it. I left I left half the people out just now. Everybody's on that record.
1: What do you think in your 40 years in show business, what have you learned?
0: Oh, so much. There's nothing that you can say in a, a sentence. So much. but. Uh, Just in life in general, you know, show business isn't the be-all and the end-all. Show business is kind of, you know, what I do and how I keep the lights on and how I provide for my family. The person is at at the center of that. And the experiences that I've learned, you know, just as a human being, just as vast or more than, you know, the stuff that I learned from show business. Show business is just my gig.
1: If you could give advice or tell that young Eddie Murphy starting out something about the world and and what to expect. Is there something you would say?
0: No, you know, the young Eddie Murphy wasn't taking advice from anybody. (laughs) It really wasn't. There's nothing that you could say to him to get him off off of what he was was doing. I haven't had any experiences where I feel like they damaged me to the core and I should warn the young me, I would never have done this. (laughs) I don't have anything like that. And I've mastered the art of walking away from the crashed plane. <laughs> you know. If the plane crashes and burns, I've mastered surviving it and walking from the wreckage and never looking back. <laughs> you never look back at the wreckage. Give me an example of
1: that. What's the time when the plane crashed? Oh, I'm talking about, you know,
0: you have movies that don't work, you know, I've went through divorce, you know, things like that.
1: And the key is walk away, don't look at the wreckage. Don't Don't focus on the wreckage. Never look back at the wreckage.